You're listening to Emerge and Thrive, the podcast for people who understand it's not about becoming a new person, but becoming the person who they were meant to be and already are, but don't know how to be. In a world where we're so often pressured to be something that we're not, I, Chioma Onyuke, a strength empowerment coach, will show you how we can rise above the negative messages and limiting beliefs we've been so accustomed to operating from, leaving us feeling frustrated, empty and unfulfilled as a result. So join me where I serve up inspiration, down-to-earth wisdom as well as practical tools to help you bust through those limiting beliefs, connect to your true brilliance and begin to thrive in ways that are empowering, joyful and fulfilling. Hello everyone, welcome to the Emerge and Thrive podcast. This is the third episode in the Purposeful Work series and I'm excited to welcome you to the show today. If this is your first time coming onto the podcast, you've definitely come at the right time because this is a great episode to listen into. I would also encourage you to listen to the first and the second episodes as that would provide a context and serve as a springboard to what we're going to discuss today. I'm not an expert in any way, but I see this as an exploration and a conversation to be had around purposeful work. So let's dive into today's episode where we're going to be answering the question, what is purposeful work? I'd like to first talk about why we're even having this conversation right now. Why is it relevant in these times? You might have seen this happening around you as well. People are increasingly craving more meaning in their work. It's no longer enough to simply go to work to pay the bills or view work as a means to an end because we spent such a large percentage of our time, of our working hours, that more and more people want to enjoy their work at the very least, but preferably also experience these three things in the workplace. They want a place where they can express themselves authentically and grow personally. They also want a place where They have connections, nurturing relationships and connection with others, as well as engaging work that's impactful. Um, We want to feel as though we're making a difference. We want to feel as though we're contributing to something meaningful, something that matters. There are three parts in this episode. In the first episode, we're going to be looking at the workplace today, the current situation of our workplace and why our current understanding of work is not sustainable. In the second part, we're going to go back in time as we look at a brief history of work. And in the third part, we're going to answer the question, what is purposeful work and explore how we can recognize our own purposeful work. So let's dive into the first part of this episode. And that's looking at the workplace today and why our current understanding of work is not sustainable. For the last couple of years, my work as a coach has been bringing me into contact with people talking about work and sharing their frustrations about work. And for many of them, it's a problematic thing, something that could be made more simple, more fulfilling, but it's something that seems out of their reach, something they cannot find or tolerate. Thinking about work troubles them night and day, and it pervades their lives, but seldom in a joyful way. I really, really find this heartbreaking because work can be a great source of joy. And with the creative potential that we have actually evolved, it certainly does not have to be the way it is. And with 
all that we've achieved as a species, it really is possible to create for ourselves a world of work that is joyful, fulfilling, and good for the health of all. In the workplace today, we've created an artificial division between work and life. Whereas work should really be more of an action that was needed to to keep us alive and healthy, and there shouldn't really be a division, right? Now we look at the apathy that pervades work, as well as what how it arises out of a worker's relation to his job and their lack of motivation. And the thing that most organizations will look for is they'll look for inventive ways to motivate people, but they're missing the point because. They're focusing and trying to address the symptom rather than the cause. And the cause is, if we pair behind the system, is that most people are not able to find work that draws on their best skills, that draws on their strengths and qualities. It's just like being around a square peg, sorry, in a round hole. And instead of being able to offer our particular gifts, we mostly look for jobs. And it's just, you know, it's a desire to make a living, but it seems to result too often in a disappointing trade-off of our souls, right? I've met people with obvious talents who feel like square pegs in round holes, and they've got great talents, they've got amazing strengths, but they're doing something absolutely different. For instance, the gifted musician who works as a professional, right? What about the storyteller, someone who's good at communicating, but works as a sales executive? Sadly, this is, isn't the only serious emotional current in the workplace today. For instance, there are high expectations that don't match people's strengths or aspirations. And there's a widespread fear as a result of that. And it's not the kind of dread where you are afraid of an animal or something coming or you're afraid and you're trying to take flight because your life is at danger. But it's this underlying dread of getting it wrong, failing and not being good enough and fearing rejection or ridicule or severe judgment. This is as a result of not harnessing or not working in a way that aligns with our true selves in a way that aligns with what we can offer. And that's our gifts and talents. These are common fears that affect people's well-being and inevitably affects the quality of our contribution. A lot of people are frustrated, yearning for an outlet in a society that does not seem to want their gifts. Not many people set up every day to a role that makes the best use of their talents and fulfills them at a personal level. But when I meet those that do, my heart sings because I'm so, so passionate about doing work that is fulfilling and doing work that is purposeful. But the current trend here is we usually work just to earn enough money to pay others to meet our needs or to get others to provide us with enjoyment. It's all right if our work is actually something that we enjoy more than just meeting our basic primary needs. But many I talk to appear to be content with the status quo and or they've never really thought of it that way. They tell me they don't need pleasure or fulfillment in their job as long as it's tolerable. You know, they say that pleasure can be had in another setting or in a different location or when they go to holiday or vacation. That's why a lot of people are always looking forward to that holiday or that two-week vacation because work is just frustrating and exhausting and it's not a place where they are happy. Those who find no pleasure at all 
they just bear it, you know, because they're concentrating on the money and what that makes possible. I accept that some may not share my zeal for fulfilling work, but I can't help but wonder, have they simply never experienced the joy, the self-worth and the liveness of contributing their unique best and simply don't know what they're missing? Were they limited or are they limiting themselves to simply just getting a job? The thing is, instead of offering our particular gifts, we mostly look for jobs because as we know it, that's how it works. That's the mindset. That's the narrative. It just reminds me of this song by the Smiths. And it's, you know, it says, I was looking for a job and I found a job and now heaven knows I'm miserable. You see, the thing is, we have relegated our desire to make a living to something that is actually quite frustrating and actually not meaningful. I want to share this this quote with you. And this quote was written by a psychotherapist called Jeff, has this story to tell. I'll just read an excerpt from that. And it says that I have the privilege of working with people who appear to have achieved it all, ticked all the boxes on their list, boxes like job status, income, house, material possessions, impressive holidays, private schools for the kids, and yet are amazed to find themselves deeply unhappy and unfulfilled. There's often another set of boxes which they have chosen to ignore. Boxes like, does what I do have any real meaning to me beyond the money? Are my kids happy and content? And do I have any sense of spiritual fulfillment and satisfaction? This reflections may resonate with you, whether you're employed or self-employed. And it's really just goes to show that work goes beyond what we think it is. Work goes beyond just working for the sake of money to actually desiring to do something that makes difference to actually desiring to be more fulfilled and to actually desiring to, to be satisfied. Thomas More in his book, A Life at Work, says this, the failure to find the right job or enjoy the one you have creates a special kind of depression. A person may feel that her spirit has been crushed or perhaps never brought to the light of day. Some wonder why they feel so low and never connect their depression to work. If you don't find a way to be creative in life, that instinct goes repressed and frustrated. You feel its loss as a deflation, the spirit leaking out of your sense of self. You feel empty, disengaged and unfulfilled. But I'd like to add this, that what we feel is much more profound than our inability to express our creativity. Because if we're not working or if we're in a role that's not best suited to us, we can experience a backdrop of low self-esteem, lack of confidence, bitterness, or general anxiety without ever really knowing why, and without being conscious of the fact that we're not harnessing our talents, we're not harnessing our strengths, or we're not working in a place that plays to our strengths, right? And failing and criticizing then becomes the norm because you're focusing instead on fixing a weakness, fixing what you're not. And because we're not doing the work for which we were made for, it can spiral into some sort of frustration, overwhelm, and it just gets you, and with a high likelihood of getting you into a place of depression. You see, 
Some choose to live their whole lives without working, with no sense of purpose or making a contribution. Many others feel they have no choice because they simply they simply cannot find the work, right? But those who pass a life in this way, they're generally unhappy. I know for for a fact that I was unhappy when I was working in a place that was not best suited for me. When I was working in a place that was not a place where I fitted. It was a place where I focused instead on my weaknesses because it did not draw on my best strengths and my qualities, right? And so such people sometimes, they often indulge in unhealthy displacement activities such as binge drinking or binging on snack foods, watching TV repeats, gaming and other addictive internet pursuits. Many people spend their lives working hard. Some manage to adapt to make the best of it through a determination to stay cheerful or to maintain a positive attitude, right? And they create fulfillment by vowing to be an expert in whatever they find themselves doing, right? Doing as well as it can be done. But the thing about vowing to become an expert in something that you are not naturally good at, it's sort of like damage control because I believe you cannot ever really get to a level of excellence or mastery when you're focused on doing something that's not natural to you. Everyone can find at least some joy in their work through the choice of attitude. But those who spent the majority of their lives working at something that does not feel right, they often describe frustration, lack of fulfillment, stress, and a sense of inadequacy as, as, as a result, as well as incompetence. And the thing is, we've created a society in which so many people are unable to answer their calling. As a result, we've blocked the greater flow. A lot of people are running around in circles. And this is actually a manifestation of the state that we're in. A lot of us, what we do now is we medicate the symptoms. We medicate the symptoms of depression without really ever knowing what we're going through or what we're doing to ourselves. We're now going to look at what work was back in the days. We're going to look at a brief history of work. So we've come to part two in this episode, and it's a brief look at what work was like back in time. What was the essence of work? So we started out as hunter-gatherers for many thousands of years, and we learned how to farm and cultivate the land in ways that allowed us to produce more stable sources of food and crop, and also to stop moving around. Um, as the economy began to develop, centered around the agricultural interests, the farms grew and so that the first villages and towns, and this also marked the beginning of land ownership, social classes and specialized trade at the time. And wealth and freedom were tied to owning land, right? And its ability to optimize its output. Then eventually we got to, we came to the industrial evolution. So with the invention of the first commercial steam engine, a new wave of industrial innovation was born and the new industrial economy emerged. And wealth was then tied to large-scale production of goods and services, right? And was valued, was placed on the increase in efficiency. So a lot of, at that time, in m many of the industries needed more and more specialized labor. And they saw education expand to develop the talent needed. So as people began to move from the farms to factories, vocational services were then introduced. And, you know, modern democracy emerged, international trade boomed, 
And it actually really was, you know, quite, it had a negative impact on the world, on nature, because of the widespread pollution, right, and the mass extinction of countless species. And then came the information economy. So the marketplace was dominated by large corporations and institutions. And the bigger the organizations became, the greater their need for improved communication and information systems. So in the information economy, the commodity of value was information and the ability to develop it and transmit it quickly and efficiently. So that's where we've been. And all of a sudden we've now come, it's now, we're now in the era of a purpose economy and that's where purposeful work comes in. So what is purpose economy? The purpose economy is a new context and set of ways in which people and organizations are focused on creating value and defines the principle for innovation and growth and the quest for people to find more purpose in their lives. It's an economy in which value lies in establishing purpose for employees and customers. So we see that the driving pit principle here is purpose. People are increasingly searching for more purpose in their workplaces, in their lives. I'm going to give an example or just a brief story about myself and how I began this journey of finding purpose, finding meaning in my life. So I quit my job as a lawyer, as I was an associate 10 years ago or more than that, and to start my business as a coach. Because no matter how many changes or no matter how I tried as best as I could to retain my role, I just found I couldn't sustain a real sense of fulfillment, satisfaction or joy in my work. As a result, my health suffered, my relationship suffered, and I felt completely lost and off track. And it wasn't until I made the decision to quit, to follow something more aligned with my strengths and passion, that my health began to improve, my life started to feel better, my mindset was improved. And ever since then, I've just been on a mission to understand why some of us seem to easily find a professional path that we love, and yet some people still struggle with it. And so through talking with people and coaching many of my clients and doing in-depth research on the topic of career satisfaction and fulfillment, it seems to me that there's one thing that separates someone who really loves their work from someone who just feels meh, you know, about their work. And that is a clearly defined sense of purpose. Once I was finally able to define and claim my own unique purpose, everything fell into place and my life took on a whole new level of meaning and joy, both personally and professionally. Over the years, I've pondered the topic of purpose extensively and developed my own definition for it. Your purpose is the path that allows you to express yourself fully and to contribute your unique gifts in service of something that you care about while making a positive impact and at the same time earning you an abundant and reliable income. All right. So that's in a nutshell what purpose is. And there are actually four different and very critical components to your purpose, but I'm going to discuss that when we meet 
over our next episode, when I round up the episode of the Purposeful Work series, I'm going to share with you the four different and very critical components to your purpose, as well as how you can set yourself up to thrive in this new era of the purposeful economy and how you can find your own purposeful work. So this is just um, a high level of what purposeful work is all about. I'm glad you've joined me at this time and I look forward to having you at the very next episode. Till then, have a great day, a great evening, wherever you are.